You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Town, USA, a.k.a. Tuscaloosa. And by the way, you've got Cinco de Mayo coming up in just a couple of days. Cinco de Mayo set for Wednesday and what has become an annual tradition of sorts in Tuscaloosa. Take your tortilla chips by Peterbrook Chocolatier and for just five, as in Cinco, the dollars, I guess, I don't know, five bucks, you can get your tortilla chips drizzled in that outstanding Peterbrook Chocolatier chocolate. I know, look, it may not sound like it makes a lot of sense, but you just got to do it. It makes sense. You can get the Doritos, again, the Tostitos, the tortilla chips of your choice, hand drizzled in Peterbrook chocolate for five bucks on Cinco de Mayo. Joined on the program by the executive producer of Southern Fried Sports, Mr. Jacob Harrison. And together, we combine to form the 60 of sports talk. Radio and what about it, Jacob? Are you already are you already thirsty for the 2022 NFL draft, or are you taking this as sort of a much needed respite following the three day event known as the 2021 NFL draft? I'm just I'm kind of wishing that I could have got the 2021 draft covered in drizzled chocolate. You know, uh, <laughs> that sounds good. Doesn't it? Yeah, I, I I did look at one. Way too early mock draft. Way too early. And Way too early. It, it, you know, it, it it's hard to get a gauge. I've heard a lot of negative things about the quarterback class, so it's kind of hard to get excited until August. I just, I you know, I'm, I'm at that point right now where I wish it went from NFL draft to August. <laughs> You're not fired up about JT Daniels, Jacob? Come on. No. Oh, okay. Well, so much for that, but plenty of time, as we know, to get you ready for the 2022 NFL Draft. We got more pressing items on the agenda for today's program, and you, by the way, are certainly 
welcome on the program. We are guest-free on a Monday, a wide-open Monday at 205-342-9904. We have commitment news as it relates to the Alabama football program this morning. We'll get into that. Ohio State wide receiver Jamison Williams, a transfer from the Buckeyes, has announced via social media this morning that he will continue his collegiate football career in Tuscaloosa with the Alabama Crimson Tide. Jamison Williams for the class of 2019, a top 100 prospect nationally, hadn't really put up numbers of note in his short time at Ohio State. He'll have three years of eligibility, though, remaining at Alabama. A guy who has added some much-needed size during his time in Columbus. I believe he was under 170 pounds coming out of the St. Louis area as a prep standout. He is now listed, according to the Ohio State bio that you can get for Jamison Williams, he's listed at 189 pounds. And what Jamison Williams might be able to give this rotation immediately is some speed on the outside. Now you hear that and you say, well, what about Jojo Earl coming in? What about Christian Leary, the fastest of the high school receivers that Alabama recently inked? Well, those are more inside guys, not saying they can't play on the outside occasionally, but you need some outside speed. And perhaps that's what Jamison Williams will provide to this Alabama receiving core he is the Mississippi, uh, excuse me, the Missouri, the Missouri state record holder in the 300 meter hurdle. So he does have a track and field background. Jamison Williams. Interesting, huh? You sign how many? Seven wide receivers from the high school level in the last two classes, and you still go to the portal for a wide receiver. Sounds like some evaluations took place, perhaps. In March and April in spring football, and the decision was made, need another guy. And so with that, it'll be interesting what type of fallout is there if there is any at all when you look at the existing, the current roster of Alabama wide receivers. You've got some guys that have spent some time in the program that have yet to see the field much. You've got some guys, again, in that first or second year range uh, that you think you're going to be counting on in 2021. The only certainty, certainties, I guess, is that John Mechie is going to be at the top of that rotation. And then Slade Bolden, you anticipate having that role at least in the top three or four. But everything else is still pretty much wide open. Now, you saw a Jai Hall do some very nice things in the spring game. So there's reason for optimism where he is concerned. Unfortunately, you know, we didn't get to see a couple of those other guys. The other early enrollees, Ja'Cory Brooks, Christian Leary. They were sidelined for the 8A game. You still got JoJo Earl coming in later this month into early June. So still a lot of potential with those first and second year guys uh, but some of the others, again, John Mechie, Slade Bolden, you, your expectation is what it is for them. Javon Baker, Treshawn Holden, we saw a lot of in the spring game. Uh, we haven't seen as much of Tyu Jones-Bell, another 2020 signee. But 
there's still time. Holman Wiggins has done a nice job. Holman Wiggins has quietly become like the dean of this coaching staff almost, hasn't he? He's been around a couple of three years, so that certainly qualifies him for that status. But he'll have an extra guy now to work with in Jamison Williams, the Ohio State transfer. 205-342-9904. It was a nice weekend. It was a good weekend. It was a mix of, well, there were sports. There was plenty of sports as we continued on through the NFL draft on Friday and Saturday, also monitoring baseball and softball, especially where the University of Alabama was concerned. But we'll go through this latest Alabama draft class with you. And some surprises. I think it's fair to say that. I, I don't know anybody in their draft pool that had Thomas Fletcher going ahead of Dylan Moses. In fact, Dylan didn't go at all. Dylan signed, agreed to a free agent contract with our Jacksonville Jaguars, which I'm pretty happy about as a Jacksonville Jaguar fan. Hopefully, Dylan will continue that rehab and get to a point in his recovery and with his health where we can see the guy we anticipated seeing a couple of years ago. Dylan also, you know, you remember this from the knee injury back in August of 2019 when it was brought up, the insurance policy and you know how that could work to his benefit here uh, as an undrafted free agent because I don't think there's any doubt because of his health, right? He has suffered a great deal of loss in terms of his potential value uh, as a National Football League player. It's all been injury-related. You know, the knee injury in 2019, another in 2020. Uh, but big picture wise, you hope Dylan from a just football perspective is able to, again, reach that potential. Perhaps he'll do that in Jacksonville, but a 10 man draft class for the Alabama Crimson side. It took Thomas Fletcher going to the Carolina Panthers, really two six round picks to Carolina, Deontay Brown and Thomas Fletcher secured Alabama's place with 10 draft picks overall in 2021, tying the Crimson Tide with the Ohio State Buckeyes. Certainly a front-loaded Alabama draft class. Eight picks, the most in the common draft era of any college team. Eight in the first two rounds. Really, you were talking about eight, I guess, in the first 38 overall picks. So very impressive. Then you had some SEC teams like Georgia. You didn't hear as much about early, but Georgia ends up with nine draft picks for Kirby Smart. And you start thinking about, for these Alabama guys, the sustainability in the National Football League. Well, obviously, if you go in the top 38 picks like eight of these guys did, uh, your chances are increased dramatically. Whereas with Deontay Brown, as a six-round pick, it might be tough, you know, six round offensive guard. Uh, that's, that's kind of a, a, a tough place to live when you, you're trying to, again, sustain longevity at the professional level. Six round pick is a long snapper though. For Thomas Fletcher, just getting drafted at all as a long snapper or as a punter or as a place kicker, as a specialist, you get drafted at all. That's like being a first-round pick at any other position. So looks good for Thomas Fletcher. 
and the Carolina Panthers. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. You also had commencement weekend at the University of Alabama. Been dodging some rough weather in Town. It continues over the last few days into today and perhaps tomorrow. So uh, you had that to deal with. Tua Tonga-Vailoa, that was pretty low-key, wasn't it? Tua kind of just snuck in and snuck out, picked up his degree. And so you're glad to see that for Tua and his family. Looked like he was well-represented from the family perspective, as you might come to expect at this point. So a big weekend, and certainly our congratulations to all those folks who completed the mission graduation from the University of Alabama. Let's go to Pat on the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line right now at 205-342-9904. Pat, how are you doing on this Monday? I'm, I'm doing great, and I hope that, oh, our, that Dylan has the same uh, similar look to Brian Bosworth. If you remember when Bosworth came out of Oklahoma, he was Mr. Everything as far as a linebacker goes, and he went to the Seattle Seahawks, and he had an insurance policy with Lloyds of London or somebody that about his being able to play uh, in an event that he got hurt, that his salary would be continued or whatever. Anyway, it was in the vicinity of $7 million. And from what I understand, the Seahawks had paid or he had paid taxes on that money that they were using, and they, they paid his insurance policy out of his pay, and therefore he got that insurance policy tax-free. Now, most insurance claims that you get are tax-free, and my question is, if Dylan's, uh, if Dylan's $12 million is tax-free, he may have helped better than a whole lot of uh, uh, second-rounders. No, he made out better than just about probably 90, 90% of those who were drafted are obviously undrafted free agents, but it's smart. It's very smart. And, you know, that's where you give credit to Dylan and his family and his sort of inner circle for making that decision to go ahead and uh, take those steps and you know, protect yourself from exactly what has happened to him. The last two years. I mean, that's exactly why you take those steps. And so financially, you're in a good place and you're sort of playing with house money a little bit. Although, you know, you think about a guy like Dylan Moses, a talent like Dylan Moses, and sure, uh, you know, six figures or whatever, eight figures uh, with an insurance policy is a nice thing. But, you know, a healthy Dylan Moses, the last year or two, yeah, you're thinking about even a second contract for that guy. And as you know, that's where the big, big money is, Pat. Mm-hmm. Right, well, the biggest money is is being able to have you a no-man because the majority <laughs> of NFL players are dead broke, like 60%, 70%. This was, this was a figure from my son's an NFL agent. And from mm-hmm. seven, eight years ago, about 60 70% in the league at the time were nearly broke. And it's all because they think they got to have an entourage. And there was a singer named MC Hammer. Hey, mm-hmm. no one can afford an entourage. Not anybody can afford an entourage. What do you think? 
No, I mean, I've got an entourage, but, uh, you know, they're pretty expensive too. It's called my wife and kids, but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. in all seriousness, if you, if you're trying to carry that along with an additional sort of posse and get a little steep, get a little pricey, Pat, you know? Absolutely. Can we say, oh, we had a running back from Alabama that found that out. That, uh, you can't have 10 folks being managers and, and I won't go into whose name it was, but you know who it is. Yeah, and, and just, not alone, as you outlined earlier. Dog gone shame, huh? Yeah, it is. It is. You know, hey, well, so, Pat, we I, hey, have a blessed day. Friend. Thank you for taking my call, man. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Always enjoy hearing from Pat here on Southern Fried Sports. Going to step aside for a first break. We come back. More of the show presented by Peter Brook Chocolatier right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Bye. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Occasionally cloudy, a chance of showers through tonight. Maybe a thunderstorm in spots. The high today, 83. Tonight's low, 70. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, a good chance of showers and thunderstorms by afternoon. Those storms could be strong to severe. The high at 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 78 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide will not be denied. Godfather of Yacht Rock, right? I'm not sure that's what Christopher Cross was going for when he got into the whole music business thing, but it happened. Very talented Christopher Cross turns 70 years old today. We're going to have some James Brown coming up for you, too. The Godfather, speaking of Godfathers, the Godfather of Soul with a heavenly birthday today. 205-342-9904 is the Peter Brook Chocolatier Studio Line. If you'd like to jump on board with us, you are more than welcome to do so. Jacob Harrison, I see here where it appears to be fifth-year option day for 2018 first-round picks. And Calvin Ridley, the Atlanta Falcons. Arthur Blank going to pick up that fifth-year option for Calvin Ridley. Calvin may be in line, depending on what happens with Julio, may be in line for that number one receiver designation in the not-too-distant future. Of course, you've got Kyle Pitts there now, the hybrid, the unicorn, 6'6", tight end, who runs like a wide receiver, so still might be sharing some of that just with a guy who, technically anyway, has a tight end designation. No fifth-year option for Rashawn Evans, the former Alabama linebacker, now with the Tennessee Titans. And you got to think that was a little bit more than just a message that the Titans sent on day two to Rashawn Evans, perhaps, when the club selected 
when the club selected Monty Rice in the third round. Huntsville area product, Monty Rice. Titans took him in the third round, so uh, yeah, Rashawn, need to pick it up. Need to pick it up here in the 2021 season. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. Let's go there right now. Our good pal Robert over in the ham is ready to talk with us. What's up, Robert? What's up, buddy? It's been a minute. Um, I'll rapid fire a couple of things at you. Number one, I told Jacob I really enjoy his content on the website. Um, it's good actually deal. pertinent. It's relative. And it's great info. Um, it's good. To, I mean, it didn't, it didn't used to be that much that that well written that was, that was content wise. So it's shout out to him. And people that are not listening or reading that, they should be. Um, I, I just leaving the lake, coming back to work to Birmingham, and uh, there's a Cinco de Mayo Kappa party. I did not know if your daughter's going to be there in the next <laughs> couple of days. Uh, oh, uh, she she will she will be there. No doubt. Uh, I told that there's, her there's attendance, her attendance for those Robert aren't in question, you know. Uh, and I'm not invited. I'm, I'm I'm just there all weekend cleaning up, getting it ready. Now I'm told to go back to work. That's how my life <laughs> is. Uh, and don't dive off the dock and, and just jump to the right side on the dock. There's there's a couple of rules. Um, but all right. We'll see. Uh, what else? Um, I was gonna oh give me the daughter up there the one the the Hawaii rainbow what what is she uh, did she land a job yet or is she is she still playing yeah, somewhere she, what's what's she up is, she's working right now uh, in a in a job out in Honolulu oh well good she is uh, she is set to make a move to Point Guard College which is a national camp series that does their camps all over the United States and she's going to work as sort of a camp manager and instructor uh, starting well, here. In the that's a home run. First job yeah. out of college, get to do that. That's a, if they, if they pay yeah. decent, if they pay yeah. is, is it, does it move around? Or is, it, is it one, local, yeah, one like location? She'll start out in Atlanta, then she'll go to Orlando, then she'll be in Pennsylvania, then she'll be in Massachusetts. So she'll be moving okay. around with camps throughout the summer to start, and then that's not, you know, we'll I, see I, where I, it goes I, from there. If they could have told me I can go do something for basketball or one of my sports after high school and make a decent living at it, and yeah, that's a home run. All right, we have we I have agree. an issue that we need. We, I need some help from the from your listeners. Uh, my okay. daughter moved to New York, which you probably don't remember, but uh, back in October I drove the U-Haul yeah. up there. Almost, um, yeah. And she's starting to date a Yankee, and it's getting kind of uh, serious. And I'm not really oof. down for that. So anybody <laughs> I know. I'm, I know mean people that live in Jasper. I'm not mean, but I know mean people in Jasper that can handle this stuff. But any suggestions on how to get rid of the Yankee dating my daughter? I want her uh, to be happy. That's number number one, right? Oh. Daughter happiness, number one. After that, mm. I'm not really excited about any of it. I won't, he's not invited to the lake this summer. He's not invited oh, wow. to the box this fall. Um, so they're not engaged. I just don't want to promote this relationship. I don't, I don't even speak his name. So uh, oh, any ideas from the listeners would be greatly appreciated. And uh, y'all have a good one and roll tide. Oh, there he goes, Robert. Cap is it, by the way, Robert. Um, yeah, that's a tough one with the northern uh, significant other. I can tell you as the father of two daughters, though, if baby girl uh, wants it or wants this person, you're just going to have to learn to deal with it, Robert. That's kind of the way that works with those daughters. You may not like it, in the words of the immortal Ric Flair, but you had better learn to love it. That's what Rick once said, and it rings true in just about every 
situation I come across in life. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. Hey, uh, need some solutions for the Atlanta Braves, don't we? At this point, just get swept and lose three, win three. Lose four, maybe win three coming up. Because it's happened once again. Win three out of four against the Chicago Cubs last week. Get swept over the weekend by the Toronto Blue Jays. Or what are the Blue Jays these days? Because they're not in Toronto. Are they in the Needham Blue Jays? And then on top of all that, the Braves have to place their top two catchers on the injured list. Travis DeArnod goes out with the thumb injury. 60-day IL for him after tearing a leg ligament on his glove hand on a play at the plate. So uh, good luck figuring out the Braves th- so far through, what is it, 28 games, 12 and 16? Good thing they're in the NL East. Don't really have a rabbit in the NL East. Got to figure it out at some point, though. And speaking of winners and losers on a Monday, congratulations to the Northridge High School girls Track and field team, our Northridge High School Jags. Girls 6A state track and field champs over the weekend. Love that. We're going to head to another break when we come back. We'll talk some Alabama softball and baseball with you. Some more NFL draft talk as well. When Southern Fried Sports, presented by Peterbrook Chocolatier, returns on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Play. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. on Jacob Harrison for that outstanding work on the Tide109.com website, which if you haven't checked that out, you need to do it. You also, if you haven't downloaded the Tide109 app, what are you waiting on? It's a great way to access the shows, podcast versions of the content here on Tide100.9. Also, all the great informational articles and updates you're going to find there at tide 109 Dot com. 205-342-9904 is the Peter Burke Chocolatier studio line. Recapping the big news of the last hour or so, Alabama picks up another wide receiver, Jamison Williams, transfer from the Ohio State University, originally from St. Louis, Missouri. 
Jamison Williams with three years of eligibility remaining, six foot two, 189 pounds. Maybe going to bring a little more speed, a little more speed to the outside for this Alabama receiving core. Missouri State record holder in the 300 meters, Jamison Williams. Also, we wanted to get into some baseball and softball talk with you following a big broom weekend in both Tuscaloosa and Athens, Georgia. Over in Athens, the Alabama softball team sweeps the Georgia Bulldogs. Montana Fouts, two more complete game victories with a combined 20 strikeouts in those wins, including 11 yesterday in the finale to complete that sweep really good work throughout the lineup. Once again, that's kind of been a common theme refrain here in this unlikely seven game win streak for the Alabama softball team. Every starter for Alabama on Sunday reached base at least once in the 13 to three run rule job of the dogs on Saturday. Batters five through eight in that lineup provided 11 of Alabama's RBI in that win. Maddie Morgan picking it up, had five RBI in that win on Saturday. Good to see her getting it going down the stretch here. Here's a stat for you, too, from that Alabama-Georgia series. Alabama drew 21 walks. Georgia, just five. So the ability to constantly keep the pressure on, a Georgia team that defensively isn't the best by any means in the Southeastern Conference. And again, when you think back to where this Alabama softball team was after it dropped the first two games of that Florida series in Tuscaloosa a couple of weekends ago, and since that point, even with Claire Jenkins going down with another knee injury, Bailey Dowling already out for the season with a knee injury, Lexi Kilfoyle not available in that Florida series drop the first two games against the Gators and then proceed to win seven straight Alabama now two and a half games back of Arkansas in the SEC standings and it's a big day for both Alabama and Florida in that chase of the first place Razorbacks because Arkansas and LSU are set to play a doubleheader later today Arkansas wins one of those two games this afternoon, and it is in for at least a share of the SEC title. Razorbacks are a game and a half up on Florida. So Alabama needs some help from LSU this afternoon. A sweep, doubleheader sweep, is exactly what Alabama needs from LSU, but Regardless, Alabama in great shape for a top eight national seed in the NCAA tournament and really just a super job by Murph and his staff to keep it all together with all the injuries and all the adversity of the last couple of three weeks. And here they are playing some of their very best softball this season, if not their best softball. And a lot of it with two or three players now as everyday options including one or two in some positions where defensively you're asking a whole lot and you're asking uh, a pitcher 
like Crystal Goodman, even though she is experienced with Lexi Kilfoyle out, you've asked her to step forward and give you a quality SEC start every weekend. She's been able to do that for the most part. And here you are getting ready to host Ole Miss starting on Thursday. That's a Thursday through Saturday series at the Rhodes House. And Ole Miss is surging, by the way. Ole Miss has won each of its last three SEC series and is coming off a weekend sweep of a very solid UCF team. And then, of course, you got the SEC tournament coming up in Tuscaloosa. So exciting times, positive times for Alabama softball right now. Meanwhile, the Alabama baseball team, with a sweep of its own, it's courtesy of a 3-0 of Missouri over the weekend to get on the right side of 500 in league play for the first time this season at 11-10, and 10, Alabama now fourth in the SEC West. Gritty come-from-behind wins both on Sunday and Friday, and you're happy for Dylan Smith on Saturday because he has pitched well enough to certainly have more than a couple of wins to his credit this season. It hadn't happened before Saturday, but he strikes out 11 and eight innings of work and he gets the W. The bullpen really throughout the weekend was great. Hunter Ruth, Landon Green, Chase Lee, the latter two closing out games for Alabama and sort of like Alabama softball, the bottom of that lineup stepping forward guys like Jim Jarvis, Caden Rose, Drew Williamson. And what did we talk about late last week with Alabama baseball really needed to make it happen against a sub 500 in the league Missouri team because it doesn't get easy any easier in these final three SEC series. Even with LSU struggling this year, you're going to Baton Rouge in a couple weekends. So you're anticipating a, a difficult, a challenge for sure down there at the box. But you go to Vandy first this weekend, then you go to LSU, and then you get a Mississippi State team that is right there in the mix for the SEC regular season title coming to Tuscaloosa before you head to Hoover in the SEC tournament. And when you looked at that Missouri uh, series with Vandy, with LSU, with Mississippi State in succession, you said, well, you go six and six over those 12, you'll take that. You know, you still might end up a couple of games under 500 for the regular season in the league, but, you know, if that's the case, if you do end up 14 and 16 in the league, you're still going to be in great shape where Hoover is concerned, certainly. And more importantly, where NCAA regional viability is concerned. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. Did you pay attention to the Kentucky Derby on Saturday? I did not. Every year I tell myself I'm going to get into it. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to, maybe I'm not going to derby suited. Okay. I'm not going to go Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, as you saw at Churchill Downs on Saturday, but you know, I'm at least going to make an effort to spend some time watching the broadcast, certainly watching the race. And just about every year I don't. Now, my youngest daughter was at Churchill Downs on Saturday. So there was rare representation. But again, I have to go in in the aftermath and find out who exactly won, what their odds were, you know, things like that. It was Medina Spirit with the upset 
going off at 12 to one wire to wire job, apparently for Medina spirit. And what isn't surprising, I do know enough about horse racing to know if a Bob Baffert horse wins, it's kind of like Alabama football winning the national championship. Bob Baffert now with a record seven wins at the Kentucky Derby as a trainer. So that's no surprise to see his name attached to the winning horse there at Churchill Downs. Going to head to a final break. We come back more of a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports presented by Peterbrook Chocolatier right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Details. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Occasionally cloudy, a chance of showers through tonight. Maybe a thunderstorm in spots. The high today, 83. Tonight's low, 70. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, a good chance of showers and thunderstorms by afternoon. Those storms could be strong to severe. The high at 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 80 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Father of Soul right there, James Brown. But if you are a fan of 80s hip-hop like yours truly, that's from The Vapors by my man Biz Marquis. Can you feel it? Nothing can save you. You know what I'm talking about. You know what else I'm talking about? 77 former Alabama players now in the National Football League. How about that for a crazy stat? 77 now following the addition of 10 draft picks involving Alabama players over the weekend. You know, we've talked a lot about the Baltimore Ravens, maybe the Washington Redskins as being especially bammed up, especially bammed up, but the team right now, If you're not really a fan of an NFL team, but you just want to keep up with Alabama guys, there's a new, there's a new leader in the clubhouse when it comes to former Alabama players. And there's a couple now ahead of the Washington football team, as I need to get used to calling it and the, uh, and the Baltimore Ravens. The Miami Dolphins now with six Alabama players on its roster. Appreciate this list, by the way, from Charlie Potter there at BamaOnline.com. He has this full rundown for you. Six former Alabama players. Dolphins used to be loaded up 
with uh with Alabama players. Bob Baumhauer, Tony Nathan. Yeah. Dwight Stevenson, Don McNeil, the Dolphins of sort of my youth into my younger adult years, they were bamming up. Kind of a return to that right now. Raquan Davis, DJ Fluker, Robert Foster, Tua Tonga Vialoa, Jalen Waddell, and Carl Tucker getting an undrafted free agent look. So how about that? That's six for now now. We'll see what it looks like when the 53-man roster is finalized as we head into the 2021 season. New England Patriots now with five former Alabama players. Christian Barmore and Mac Jones, of course, joining Damian Harris. Max BFF, Damian Harris. Dante Hightower coming off an opt-out year. Going to be interesting, speaking of these opt-outs, C.J. Mosley, Dante Hightower. I don't think that was the worst thing for those guys at that point in their respective careers. Sort of like a pit stop mid-career, take on some fresh right-side rubber, get a fresh tank of gas, you know, under a caution flag, and then get back out on the track, see what you got under the hood. For the remainder of your careers, catch a little break and then recharge, rejuvenate, and let's see what they've got. Dante Hightower, Anthony Jennings also, of course, with the New England Patriots. So that's five Patriots with Alabama connections. Uh, You look at some of these other clubs, the New York Giants with four now, four former Alabama players. The NFC East, they love them some Bama. You got 15 former Alabama players now in the NFC East, which is tops of any of the divisions. AFC East got some Bama too now, 14 in that division. AFC North, Jacob Harrison's AFC North with 13, with his Steelers taking on Najee Harris. But the NFC East, a lot of Bama. Good bit of Bama. You don't have a team in the NFC East with with fewer than three Alabama players. Now, the Saints, I might have to ask Charlie about this. Does Alvin Kamara not qualify as a former Alabama player? I think I know what Charlie's going to tell me. I don't think Alvin ever played in a game at Alabama. That's where Charlie's going to get me with the technicality there. Because Charlie does have Jalen Hurts listed with the Philadelphia Eagles. So that's probably the rationale, the thinking that Charlie's going to hit me with. But uh, 77 players total right now on rosters around the National Football League with ties to Nick Saban era Alabama. I think it's kind of important, kind of important to uh, note that. And of course, you do have some of those undrafted free agents. We talked about Carl Tucker at the tight end position. Miller Forstall, along with Dylan Moses, inking a undrafted free agent deal with the Tennessee Titans and wrote about Alabama tight ends over the weekend because, well, you got to figure out what you're going to do to go along with your little Billingsley. And in the spring, it looked like anyway, Cameron Latou went a long way in answering some of those questions. 
Very impressive spring for Latou. He's had time to sort of develop there at that position at a reasonable pace after making the move from his original position at Alabama, which was outside linebacker. And both those guys, re-watching the spring game over the weekend, the 8-day game, both those guys, Latou and Billingsley, really work the middle of the field. And a lot of times you get young quarterbacks that are a little bit hesitant to make those throws in the middle of the field because they can be a little bit risky, especially when you're talking about a quarterback and Bryce Young who might be sub six foot. But Bryce wasn't hesitant in that 8A game, was he? And I think it was 114 receiving yards that you had between Latu and Billingsley in that scrimmage. And all but six of those yards came on either crossing or seam routes. So very comfortable, Bryce Young, in attacking the middle of the field with those tight ends. And, you know, the situation at wide receiver, the situation at right tackle, that could go. Those situations will likely go a long way in determining the look of the Alabama offense the approach of the Alabama offense in year one under Bill O'Brien as coordinator because, well, they might be better suited to be a more two-tight-end set team, at least early in the season, perhaps. And again, for a couple of reasons. Do you have another receiver or two that emerges to go along with John Mechie? You know, do, do you have receivers that give you a reason to be more three wide receiver set? Like you certainly had these last four years. These last four years, you you had to be three wide. You were you were brain dead if you weren't rolling with eleven personnel a good bit. Now there was still some twelve. You know, Alabama will always have twelve personnel as a part of its package, but to what extent? Well, that's up to the personnel at wide receiver, up to the personnel at tight end. Just on a day, you walked away thinking, yeah, I could see them being more two tight ends than they've certainly been the last four years. With Waddle gone, with Smith gone, with Judy gone, with Ruggs gone. But some of that, too, will have to do with the tackle position. Can you protect, too? Can you protect with 11 personnel on the field? Or do you need an extra tight end to help? Do you need to max protect more? Because perhaps you're not as equipped in a pass protection perspective to take care of business with just your tackles one-on-one against some of these elite edge defenders. And then with that, you've got a guy like uh, Kendall Randolph, who has played a lot of tight end the last couple of years, working with the ones at right tackle in the spring game. If you end up with another option there at right tackle to go along with Evan Neal at left tackle, that frees you up to use Randolph again at the tight end position. But it's a nice group. It's a nice group coming back, even with Forrestall moving on. I think Robbie Oots, you saw him some in the 8A game, the early enrollee, physically impressive dude, can do the different things that give you versatility in that offense that they want. So, uh, Yeah, the tight end position. Nobody loves tight ends, I don't think, like Alabama fans. 
Alabama fans really love the tight ends. That's going to do it for a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports. The lunch whistle on this Monday brought to you by Southern Ale House out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. A great way to take care of the Mondays at Southern Ale House. Get by there. Have that Yardbird chicken sandwich for lunch. You're going to get a marinated chicken breast grilled exceptionally well with some arugula on top there, fresh sliced tomato, thick-cut hickory smoked bacon, that slap your mama sauce that they put on that baby to go along with a buttery soft brioche bun, the Yardbird, the staple, the iconic chicken sandwich, the Yardbird there at Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Thanks to Jacob Harrison for producing the show. Thanks to you for listening. And until 11 a.m. on Tuesday, have a great rest of your Monday, everybody.